Welcome back to Booze and Buffy, a podcast where we are watching and discussing every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Angel the Series, one by one, and with no spoilers up to where we are watching. Uh, I am Harrison, and I am uh, quite relieved to be putting this, this this pair of seasons to bed. It was a, it was a heavy one. Also, like, it, it took us over a year to finish. Yeah. <laughs> but we did have a couple of extended breaks. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, I'm Jason, and uh, I am somewhat freshly back from a trip to St. Louis. Yeah. I, uh, we're gonna, we're gonna talk about that at dinner tonight. Yeah. We're gonna, we're gonna get all the juicy St. Louis details. Uh, to give it to, to give some details to the listeners, though, um, the Eagles are on their long, fair, their long goodbye tour. And uh, I was like, kind of like, I've got a lot of big concerts for me that I'm going to this year. And that was the first big one. And uh, it was in St. Louis and it was on a Tuesday night. So I decided to take a couple extra days off work so I could, you know, just kind of do stuff around St. Louis that uh, didn't, uh, that I didn't really do. um, Because I've only been to St. Louis once before when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. So we did the Gateway Arch and everything then. So I just looked for other stuff to do this time. And concert was incredible nice all right so listeners we are um doing our recap episode um wow so i actually listened to our season five recap episode yeah uh earlier today which i don't do i do not listen to our episodes after they've been released it it stresses me out but i was like i was like i would need to remind myself what the flow of this is like and i fumbled the opening there too because (laughs) Because I didn't bother to write something for myself. <laughs> uh, so this is our season overview recap, however you want to call it. So uh, where we'll go back and forth and talk about um, what we liked, what we disliked, um, and just kind of our final thoughts before we put the season to bed and move on to the next season. Um, so I had forgotten this, um, but... Did uh, you want to do like a, a break for the music? Oh. Uh, Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing how <laughs> I just can't function. It's okay. All right. So, uh, because we are doing... Um, Two shows. What we did last time, uh, as I learned today, when we uh, when I listened, was we both picked something to toast. Um, All right. And you, and then we, we then we toasted it together. Um, your you you had a very nice toast about um, just you had gotten through apparently a rough couple of weeks, and your toast was about just like. Getting through hard times and positivity and, you know, coming out of the other side stronger. It was lovely. My toast was about Godzilla because you were wearing a hat that made me think of Godzilla and how much I like Godzilla. I wonder what hat that was. So I was describing it as a dragon with two heads, which made me think of King Ghidorah. Yeah, which who minus has, one head, minus one head, um, and that made me think of Godzilla and yeah. how much I like Godzilla. <laughs> I don't even know what hat that is. <laughs> wow! All right. Um, so uh, my toast, though, 
will be slightly more serious. Oh, not serious, but like um, the day we're recording this is uh, the uh, it's it's my mom's birthday. Yeah. Um, and also the anniversary of the day I got dumped by my high school boyfriend. <laughs> Yeah, you moved on to better things. Uh, I did. Um, it's just always very funny to me because it is... Because it's also the day before Valentine's Day. So it's like... Yeah. That, I, like, I remember... Uh, now, I feel like every time you tell me this, I always say, God, what a what an awful thing. What an awful time to do it. I mean, at least suffer through Valentine's Day. Oh, my gosh. It's, just, it's, it's, it's funny to me now because I was, like, full-ass devastated. Like... I was like, my heart is broken because I was 17. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's just funny now, looking back on it. Um, I always like to joke with John, like, if you're if you're going to serve me divorce papers, like, not today. Not today on the day of my mother's birth. <laughs> on the day of my mother's birth. <laughs> um, so, yeah, my toast is to my mom, who I love very much. Okay. Happy um, birthday, Mom. Happy birthday, Mrs... Uh, what is her last name again? Because I know that she remarried. Phillips. Phillips. Happy birthday, Mrs. Phillips. Um, I've met you a few times, so. <laughs> and you're probably not listening she to this. She doesn't listen yeah. to this bullshit. <laughs> um, Alright, uh, since I was actually talking about going to the Eagles concert, um, two of the members have passed away. Uh, one act, so uh, one was the uh, late great Glenton Fry, um, who contributed the who contributed the lead vocals along with Don Henley for almost all the tracks. Uh, so obviously like losing a lead vocalist can really like, you know, change mm-hmm. the way a band goes. Um, they didn't release any new stuff afterwards. Uh, but uh, yeah, it was definitely, um, they, they need, they definitely need some extra help to persist in touring. And uh, he died in um, 2016. Uh, and Randy Meisner, who died actually last year, right mm-hmm. after they announced this tour, he hadn't been with the band for a while, but he was the original bassist. Oh. Um, yeah, so uh, they they pay tribute to both of them in the concert because this is kind of like the farewell tour, and uh, yeah, like two two musicians that uh, were instrumental yeah. in bringing uh, that that pun wasn't intended, but <laughs> but you. But you pounced on it. Oh, yeah. Like, the minute that I said, I'm like, oh, good job, Jason. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, they, they brought forth one of the, uh, one of the, in my opinion, one of the greatest bands ever. Um, and uh, the, for a while, uh, the band that had the highest selling album of all time in the United States. Nice. Um, they uh, they were constantly going back and forth. Their, great, their first greatest hits album that was released right before Hotel California mm-hmm. as a primer for Hotel California ended up being like the highest selling album in the US for several years and underneath that was Thriller however Thriller went back up to number one okay. following the death of Michael Jackson in 2009 makes sense so yeah there, there's a little bit of Eagles history for you for the nobody who wanted it <laughs> cheers cheers By the way, Harrison made us martinis. Oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we what just clinked it? martini glasses, and those are that's a good martini. Thank you. Um, we, make, we make good martinis. I watch John like a hawk when he does it. <laughs> um, so, uh, for listeners um, who 
maybe skipped the last couple times or just don't remember. We have 12 little categories that um, we will choose, uh, that we'll go back and forth, um, prompting one another. Um, For the most part, we'll probably just pick something from either Buffy or Angel. Yep. Unless we really have something to say. Um, Although towards the end, when we're getting to the big categories, you know, your best actor, best director, all those, uh, we'll do one from each. Um, Jason, I'll, I'll prompt you first, if okay. that's okay. Yeah. So Jason, who was your favorite monster of the week? So it took me a while, um, to remember some of the monsters of the week because I feel that this season more than any other focused more on the main villains mm-hmm. in both shows. Yeah. Uh, and also like the personal goings on of our, of our cast. Mm -hmm. So at first I was worried that I wouldn't be able to remember any of them, but then I remembered that Tabula Rasa had one of the greatest monsters ever to grace either series. And that is the Lone Shark. Yes. Fuck yes. I love the Lone Shark. Um, what a silly, silly thing. (laughs) It is such a silly idea. And yet... I love it. It works. It's it great. Just works. In a fantastic episode, yeah. like you, you could forget about the Lone Shark if you wanted to, because there's so much other stuff going on. But the Lone Shark is so great. Time, time is what turns kittens into cats. <laughs> um, we also got kitten poker this yeah. year. Um, so that's funny. Uh, I actually, I thought you were going to go a different direction. What did you think I was going to go with? Your, um, uh, well, I'll, I'm just going to use what I thought you were going to use right. because the land shark was my, or the lone shark uh, was mine. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. I mean, he technically was a land shark as well. True. <laughs> um, no, I love when we have, we get to pivot like this during these episodes. Um, no, I'm going to go with, uh, Sweet from, uh, Once More with Vila. Oh, okay. Um, oh gosh, you know, he's. See, it's so funny because he's so pivotal to that episode as opposed to the Lone Shark, which doesn't seem to be pivotal in the slightest. Uh, But yeah, no, go. Yeah, great. Also, last year uh, for this, for season five, I uh, I straight cheated because you picked my choice, which was Rodney the Big Snake. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So I decided that it was was technically true in the... in in the spirit of the season, but not true in the spirit of the show as a whole. And I chose my monster of the week for season five as Drusilla. No, uh, like uh, yeah. <laughs> and you know what? I'm okay with that. Like you were this, okay with it last this, year too. Yeah, this might be. Um, I, I've, I've something to say about that. Um, <laughs> this might be the hardest prompt for me because I'm not gonna lie. Unless it really sticks out like the Lone Shark or Sweets, mm-hmm. it's it. I forget a lot of the monsters of the week, yeah, um, because I do get I do care more about the character development and like the overall season plot, mm-hmm. and I also think this is one of the harder two seasons to mm-hmm. grab a monster of the week from. Yeah, um, but yeah, no, it, it's funny that you mentioned that. Oh, you said like the same thing last <laughs> year. Well, it's really funny because um, I actually do listen to some of our episodes every now and again, mostly just to. Uh, kind of take a couple mental notes on my mm-hmm. performance. performance. <laughs> uh, you know, see if I have any 
phrases like you know or uh that I can that I have just to create filler and to check my pacing mm-hmm. and I had to listen to the end of a lot of our episodes to fill in um, the ratings that we gave uh, because I have fun. I have a fun thing that a, a first for this year. I actually compiled all of our ratings for the episodes to get averages, and I can also find out which one was rated the highest, which one was rated the lowest, nice. and also our our biggest differential, which was actually fairly easy to find because we normally are fairly close in our opinions, mm-hmm. uh, but. It is funny listening to some of these episodes and I hear you say something and in my head I think, oh, this is my reaction to that. And then I hear that exact reaction because <laughs> it's like, I don't differently <laughs> because I forget that, oh yeah, my thoughts are in this as well. Yeah, so so it, it, it is really funny. I just immediately feel validated by myself. Love that. <laughs> All right. Um, All right. Well. Uh, move on to the next prompt. Yeah. Harrison, what was the scariest moment of Buffy Season 6 slash Angel Season 3? Alright, so I'm going to go... Th- there's two options for me that are... I- I'm not going to choose because there's... I don't know. There's real world scary and yeah. not horror scary. And... Actually, I am going to go with one. And it's going to be Angel, uh, the episode Billy. Specifically, Wesley um, hunting Fred in the hotel. Oh my gosh. Um, it's just... Whew! Just, just in itself is it's very... like It's a horror movie set piece on its own. And one that's very, very well executed. But the, the real life sort of... Um, issues of you know violence against women and all that just make it even even worse so yeah okay that that was it for me all right i'm gonna pick probably the the most obvious one Mm -hmm. um because we mentioned that it's probably the most horrifying moment in either show and that is uh dark willow flaying warren Mm -hmm. um they really haven't had a death that was that gruesome yeah and it's not even just the flame but also everything that precedes it because mm-hmm. that's the moment when you realize just how far willow has turned this isn't a possession or anything this is a full-on her going beyond mm-hmm. anything that she had been before and you know taking the bullet that killed tara and was it was the bullet that killed Tara or the bullet it's, from Buffy? It's the bullet she got from Buffy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then slowly driving that into Warren while his mouth is closed. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, like, you know, proceeding with the flaying. And so much so that, and I mentioned how in uh, the next episode, Two to Go, how I'm glad that Xander had that reaction of just like, oh my God, I'm going to be sick. Mm-hmm. Because. That is a that is an understandable reaction to that. Yeah. Um, a runner up for me though. Uh, we don't. Sorry for like um, shooing more stuff in there, but uh, Buffy having to break out of her own grave. Oh yeah. Um, that is uh, you know that's obviously one of Buffy's fears. Mm-hmm. Like her two biggest fears in um, that have been mentioned in the series are being buried alive and uh, being a vampire. Yeah. And. 
the fact that she wasn't buried alive, but she came back to life mm-hmm. inside of her coffin. Yeah. So. And that is something, um, I don't know if we've said this on the show, but that, uh, that fear of being buried alive is one that she, uh, Buffy shares with Sarah Michelle Gellar. Um, and I actually think that that might, I think that might, Sarah's own fear of that might have informed that aspect of the character. Um, yeah. So moving on from scary to sad, what's your most heartbreaking moment? There's another really obvious one mm-hmm. for both of these. I'm not going to go with the obvious one on this one. I'm going to actually go to Angel. Okay. And I'm going to go to Sleep Tight mm. when Holtz leaves with Connor into the hell dimension. Yeah. And Angel's just completely broken. And it's only like the nails driven in further when um, Lila says, oh, I've got an amount of paperwork to do. And they're like, oh, what, what about him? And she just says, oh, let him suffer. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that... It breaks, it breaks Angel, and it is um, the last highly rated episode. No, um, the next episode, Forgiving, was uh, those two were the last highly rated episodes for us, for Angel. Okay. Um, both got 4.5s. Nice. Um, I'm going adjacent to the obvious answer, um, because the obvious answer is, of course, Will or Tara. Yeah. His death. And... The, that moment for me, the actual moment of it happening is not, it's it's obviously heartbreaking, but there's also, it's the violence and the shock and I, like, I'm, you know, it's, I'm feeling a ton of emotions in that moment. Um, for me, the, where, the moment where I'm allowed to just feel sad, and for me, this is the most heartbreaking aspect of it, is... Uh, Dawn finding Tara oh, and God, then yeah. subsequently you know sitting with her body for yeah. hours so she wouldn't be alone that for me is the, that, that, that's the first time the episode gives us the chance to just be sad mm-hmm. um, you know because everything's happening right. so fast um, you know we're with Willow in her rage and her anger and you know we're with Xander and Buffy in um, in in their panic uh, uh, or in, well in Buffy's case like life-threatening medical emergency and um, with Warren and his bullshit like when Don finds Tara that's finally the moment where the episode lets you breathe and really fully like you know it reminds me of uh, that scene in Innocence mm-hmm. when uh, you know you have all of the like you have the you have the initial scene where Angel acts so cold towards Buffy, mm-hmm. and uh, but then like she finds out that he's lost his soul, and then there's like I think that moment where she sees the cross that he gave her, mm-hmm. and then she just like breaks down crying from that. Yeah, um, yeah, oh. it take, gives you that moment. Oh. Well, luckily though, we can. Have some move on to some brevity. Yeah, there's quite there's quite a lot of heartbreak in the, in these yeah. seasons, uh, per, especially these seasons. Um, but yeah, Harrison, uh, into a little lighter note, what is the the funniest moment of either of these? Okay, seasons? so my initial instinct was something from uh, from Tabula Rasa. 
That's what I'm thinking too. And then I got so overwhelmed. Um, <laughs> my favorite. So I'm actually going back an episode into Once More with Feeling. Uh, Dawn's ass getting kidnapped before she can get <laughs> two full lines of her song. Does um, anybody really care? They don't. <laughs> it's, it's just a fucking gut bust for me. It's so funny. Um, and I just, I will never forget my initial reaction to watching that. Even as a Don fan, the first time watching this show, going, "Oh God, Don's gonna have a song," <laughs> <laughs> and it's already oh, annoying. Oh, in this. <laughs> oh, in this. Oh my gosh. So you know, to go to that community joke, it's brilliant on so many levels because the fact that the dean just assumed, like, it never once occurred to him that Britta was going to be in it, even though literally. The cast is the study group. Yep. <laughs> just and also the delivery by Jim Rash is pitch perfect. So oh, Britta's in this. So I actually, <laughs> I had I had this whole bit I was planned for an episode we recorded around Christmas, um, where I was going to sing Britta's part, um, but without so Christmas, be so merry. But I wasn't going to tell you ahead of time. Because I trusted that you would jump in with, with Britta's in this. <laughs> and I forgot. Oh, and no. I'm so mad. So maybe next Christmas. <laughs> um, what's your funniest moment? Um, well, Tabula Rasa. I mean, there are so many hilarious moments when you have a mass memory loss. Mm-hmm. Especially in a fantasy show. But yeah, I I have to give it to a scene that's going to be... A, a, a shot that's going to be in the season seven opening, and that is when everybody is slowly in. They're in the magic box. They're slowly starting to realize sort of who they are, but they're mostly just asking questions. And then there's a knock on the door. They open it, and it is um, a vampire, and everybody screams. Yes, because none of them know what a vampire is. Yep, and that is. I, I still remember watching that the first time and just losing it. Yeah. It was so funny. I, I'm almost... I'm 99.9% certain that was the promo image for that episode. Yeah. That when we posted it. Um, excellent choice. Excellent choice. Um, so now, what is your favorite moment of the season? Doesn't have to be... Doesn't have to be any sort of qualification. Favorite moment. Um, wow. So, it might be recency bias. Mm-hmm. But, um, there's so many good things. in Even in, like, the ups and downs of seasons six. And, like, both season six and season three of Angel. Season six of Buffy and season three of Angel had <laughs> its fair share of ups and downs. Yeah. Um, actually, you know what? I'm not going to go with my recency bias. I was originally going to say um, Xander, Xander's scene with Willow. Uh Uh, But I'm going to go with uh, Darla sacrificing herself in Lullaby. Was that yours? It was mine. Sorry. (laughs) No, it's okay though because I'm going to go with Xander and Willow. Uh, All right, all right. Because because I was waffling back and forth between those two choices. I mean, they're both so powerful. They are. Um, And... I think they really uh, 
encapsulate a lot of what makes both of these shows so good. Um, They feel like both are really earned moments that close out their respective arcs. Um, And and also just, like, masterfully shot, like, you know, the, the, the image of Darla in the rain with Angel... Um, and, and then, you know, Angel holding the baby with Fred is just, like, forever seared in my mind. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. All right, well, we talked about our favorite. What about your least favorite moment of the season? <sighs> the final scene of Tomorrow, the Angel season three finale. Um... Cordy ascending, Angel descending. We talked about it at length, but it's just... It's a really unsatisfactory end to the season. It's such an anti-climax, and the imagery is just so aggressively on the nose. Um, and And I particularly hate Cordelia's side of it. It's... Um... And I'm, and I'm, I'm like... How much of this is me projecting, like what happened with what happens next season? Yeah, but like even outside of that, I just think it's dumb. I and I, I just, I it really highlights the way that a season that started out so strongly really fizzled out there in the end, um, and it was just such a disappointment. I'm gonna go in a different direction. Mm-hmm. Um, and my least favorite moment of either season is the one that was the most uncomfortable to watch, which was Spike sexually assaulting mm-hmm. or tr- attempting to sexually assault Buffy. Yeah, it was that was almost my choice for scariest moment as well. Yeah, no, fair, and that and fair enough because I mean, sexual assault in movie and film in film and TV, whether it be important to the story or not is difficult to watch Mm -hmm. every time Mm -hmm. and i was going into watching seeing red prepared at least i thought i was prepared for how bad it was going to be but it honestly was even worse than i remembered Mm -hmm. and i can very much like feel for uh james marsters for hating to do that Mm -hmm. scene um and yeah, and we talked about how difficult it was, and like that—that's been like a black mark on the character of Spike, mm-hmm. even past the show's, even past like the show's ending. Like it's Spike is one of the most beloved characters in the Buffyverse, but he's it's, also got that yeah, on there—the big blight. Yeah. Um, uh, all right. Whose turn is it to prompt? You. Okay. Um, so this, we I want your character MVP of the season from the recurring cast. So that is, for listeners, the non-opening uh, credits cast members. Anyone who's a guest or special guest. So does Tara count? I, 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 I say Tara does not count. As she is in the opening credits of one episode. Yeah. All right. Okay. Um, Then I will go with... Is this when we're doing one for each or... uh... Why not? Okay. 
Um, for we're already we're only like we're halfway through and we're only at like thirty minutes of recording. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Fuck it. Well, I mean, these episodes tend to go quicker. Yes. Yeah. You know, we're kind of just throwing all caution to the wind. <laughs> uh, for Buffy, um, gosh, Tara was like kind of like my big pick. I'll also say that the rules are what you want them to be. <laughs> <laughs> For my pick, I am I am categorizing Tara in with main cast, but okay, no one. The police are not going to come arrest you. <laughs> what if they do? Well, then we're going to have bigger problems. <laughs> <laughs> It's for that large amount of cocaine you have yeah. on you. Um, for, let's see, for Angel, I want to go with Julie Benz. Okay, yeah. Um, because Darla's arc was very good. Um, the high point of season three. Yeah. And I just mentioned how my favorite moment was her final sacrifice to save their son. And um, I love that... You know, she sees it as a parasite and just like uh, she wants to get rid of it until she doesn't. It's like it humanizes her. Mm -hmm. Something, and you know, it's something that she hates. So it's, I I really like that. And and Julie Ben's like got it across perfectly. Yeah. Um, And going back to Buffy, um, I don't want to say any of the trio because they weren't. Like, Andrew and Jonathan weren't really that strong overall. Mm-hmm. I mean, Warren was good as a... Uh, Adam Bush was good as a... Uh, as a, like, villain. Yeah. Just the most toxic. <laughs> um, how about... You know what? Okay, I got one. How about Clem? Yes. Like, uh, Clem is just this kind of... Because he was introduced this season yeah. in a... Far away, older and far away. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, um, he was introduced this season. He's just this like very scary looking demon because you know he's just got like bags of skin and these <laughs> and this bald head and the ears and everything. But he's he's just such a delightful person. Yeah, and he's kind of he's kind of better than the rest of the cast like because they're all going through their shit yeah. he's like he's a better friend than spike deserves um and he's like you know doing his best to walk and buffy in the end buffy trusts him enough to look after dawn yeah. while they're trying to figure out all the shit that's happening with willow so yeah i'm i'm gonna go with clem so for me, over on the angel side, um, it was a it was a toss up for me between Darla and uh, Lila. Um, yeah, like both characters, I feel like this was a particularly strong season for both, um, and I do feel like Lila, um, with Lindsay out of the picture, really got to come into her own. Agreed, um, and. Um, and you know, and her relationship that for, she formed with Wesley is, you know, it was one of the one of the positives I was really taking away from the end of the season. And um, as much as I really dislike season four, um, the interactions between those two characters um, is one of the highlights of the season. And we um, mentioned that in our se- in our talk about the season three yeah. finale that. Uh, in an episode that was full of like not great moments, the highlight of it was 
them finally getting together. Yeah. So so it's it's Lila Morgan for me. Good pick. Uh, just such a it's it's a character we've always loved, but it really felt she had some. She got, really got to sink her teeth into some good material. It's a character season. that you've always loved. <laughs> like, I, I've i enjoyed her as part of, like, the Wolfram and Hart duo that was yeah. Lindsay and Lila. But I'm full in on the Lila hype train for this season. Mm-hmm. Good pick. Yeah. Um, now it's your turn to ask me. Did right? you say Did you say who your Buffy character was? Oh, shit. No, I didn't. <laughs> um, uh, Halpert. I I kind of had a feeling. I I actually I was gonna say Clem for all the reasons you listed, um, <laughs> but Halfrick is just it's it's so funny because I consider Clem and Halfrick to be like iconic Buffy characters, and they're not even introduced until season six. And um, but I think that's just the strength to it speaks to the strength of uh, the actors playing them and the writing for the characters because they are immediately memorable and. Fun and um, it's it's nice to see that Anya has a friend outside of the Scoobies. I think that is um, you know we we do sometimes complain that Anya and Tara don't get much definition outside of their relationships to their significant others, um, and this season did a lot to course correct that for Tara in many ways. Um, Anya still kind of falls into that bubble, but having Halfrick in her bubble as a as a person that Anya can talk to about her feelings is is just great. And the two of them have such good chemistry. It really didn't help this season for Anya that not only her but also Xander as well mm. were like very much relegated to the background until pretty much Hell's Bells. Yeah. Like they were, they were just wedding planning. Yeah, that yeah. was pretty much it. <laughs> the whole season. Yeah, the whole first half of the season. Um. All right. Now, who are your character MVPs from the main cast? All right. So for Buffy, uh, it's Tara. Um. I. Um. Tara. It's it's one of the reasons that I do find her death so devastating is how much we got, how much growth we got to see out of Tara. Um, You know, the, from her um, standing up to Willow um, to, you know, ultimately breaking up with Willow and that was the right thing for her to do despite how much it fucking broke her heart. Um, To her friendship with Buffy and her unwavering support of Buffy. Um to just fucking roasting Spike. Like, (laughs) it was... This season gave Tara so many more shades than just Willow's shy girlfriend. Um, I really felt like Tara got to be Tara. Talk about a character coming into her own. Yeah. Um, And so to have her torn away from us after all of that is just... Um, makes it even more devastating. The, uh, the, but, jo- the Joss Whedon special. Yeah. Um, but she really, I mean, I think this is, and, and the fact that, you know, as everyone else is floundering this season, Tara's the one going, you know what? I'm, I'm not going to be a part of this toxic nonsense. Um, until, 
<laughs> until y'all can better yourselves. <laughs> um, and um, so, yeah, I just, I think it was an amazing season for Tara right up until it wasn't. Um, and then on Angel, this one's harder because I, I feel like for the most part, the season really spread the love pretty well um, across across the main cast. Um, but uh, I, I am going to go... Um, I'm going to go with Cordy. Um, I, in, in many ways, this was... Um, this was the season that Cordy got the most growth. Um, and the, you know, the biggest arc, um, that she's had thus far. Um, it was uneven in places. Um, but, uh, I just think that charisma really nailed it. Um, yeah. Well, I'm always, uh, for me, I'm always tempted to go with, you know, our main Mm -hmm. characters of, of Buffy and Angel for their respective mm-hmm. shows and both had incredible seasons. Yeah. But in the, for the sake of fairness, um, I do, I, I do think, uh, I agree with you on the love being spread. And mm-hmm. I think one of the most interesting characters to watch in season three of Angel and one of the few interesting parts of the last few episodes is Wesley. Yeah. Um, I mentioned before how season at the end of season two that we were going to get a darker Wesley. Clearly, Boy, did we? Yeah, we <laughs> did. Um, and that it's only going to get it's only going to get a little darker for him in uh, in season four. But you know, he's very much he goes from being the he goes from being like you know his previous position of like technically the one in charge of Angel Investigations mm-hmm. and the one that everybody thought that they could trust to he ends the season with, you know, recovering from his throat being cut. Mm -hmm. Exiled. Exiled. And also the fact that like, oh yeah, Angel almost smothered him Mm -hmm. in a hospital bed. Uh, And it's, we talked about the morality of what Wesley was doing and um, how maybe he was doing it for he had good intentions but went about it the wrong way mm-hmm. and it all happened at a time when Cordelia was out of reach yeah and we talked about how different it would have been had Cordelia been there mm-hmm. uh but yeah it was it was a really cool season for Wesley yeah um and it and yeah it i very much enjoyed uh everything that happened with him yeah. Uh, and in Buffy, so all the problems with the Willow story, which we have talked about yeah, at, at length, at length um, I still think, though, that Allison Hannigan, mm-hmm. this is the, we mentioned it several times throughout the season, this is probably one of the few seasons, this is probably the only season of Buffy where the main character isn't just Buffy, it's yeah. also Willow, and... I think there are moments of Willow's arc in which, uh, of this season, particularly the beginning and the end, um, where that are extremely good. Yeah. Fantastic. Obviously you've got like the, the drug addict metaphor in, 
the very belabored metaphor throughout the season. And uh, there are some times when it's okay, especially when they get away from that metaphor. Yeah. Uh, but overall, it's great. Um, uh, overall, uh, even with some of the worst stuff in it, Allison Hannigan still does a fantastic job. Like, mm-hmm. she does the best that she can with it. Yeah. And, yeah, it culminates in one of the most iconic villains of Buffy, which is Dark Willow, um, who manages to be iconic in spite of technically only being around for three episodes. Yep. So, yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Willow in awesome. season six. Awesome. I mean, and if there is going to be a season where Willow is, like, the MVP... <laughs> It's got to be this one. It's really funny because um, for season five, you gave Willow, like, you, you specifically uh, gave Willow, like, the uh, dishonorable mention in this category because how disappointed with uh, how underutilized she, she is. She was underutilized. In season five. Um, so, and you even, but you even mentioned, you're like, next year though. <laughs> yeah. So. So, hey, you know what? There you guys go. I delivered. Technically, the show delivered. Yeah. Now, before we get into these next prompts, do you want to go through the numbers? Yes. Okay. All right. I'm so glad you did this because you know I love data. Okay. <laughs> um, so our next our next um, two categories are favorite season six slash season three episode mm-hmm. and our least favorite season six slash season three episode. Sorry, I spit a little she's bit there. She's there. She's there. She's yeah. <laughs> um, so let's start with Buffy. Um, so... I averaged out, I went and wrote, I recorded all of our ratings, Mm -hmm. um, which, as you all know, we rate on a scale of one to five with whatever units of measurement we like to throw in there. The numbers are what are important. So, on average, Harrison, your average rating for season six is Mm 3.36 out of five. All right. Your highest, you had... One, two, three. You had three episodes that you ranked five out of five. One Smart with a Feeling, Tabula Rasa, and Part Bar- One of Part Bargain. One. Yep. Nice. And your lowest rated episode of the season was Wrecked. Yes. Um, Accurate. Yep. <laughs> what did I give that one? You gave it a 1.5. Probably more than it deserves. <laughs> <laughs> I was feeling generous that day. So for me... Um, I gave fives to the same episodes. My lowest rated one at 1.5 was also wrecked. Okay. And my average was 3.34. So okay. we were ex- we were only off our averages were only separate by 0.02. Okay. Um what episodes what episode did we have the most dis- distant opinion on? Honestly, that could be quite a few because okay. we didn't. Looks like uh, the highest like distance between episode between our ratings was one, oh, okay. and that applies to bargaining, afterlife, um, yeah, that's it. So bargaining and afterlife um, for bargaining. You gave it three point bargaining part two. Yes, yeah. Um, for bargaining part two, you gave it three point five. I gave it two point five. Mm-hmm. We mentioned how um, all together it would have probably been a four. Yeah. Uh, but 
We split it. Yeah, we did split it. Um, and Afterlife, uh, you gave a four, I gave a three. Mm-hmm. So we were kind of like in lockstep almost with uh, Buffy season six. So out of that, with that info in mind, I assume you have a. I assume you agree with your least favorite episode. Yeah. Um, for favorite though. I'm gonna go with Tabula Rasa. Okay. Um, it's and I think there's a bit of um, I love uh, once more a feeling. Don't get me wrong, um, but I think that part of it is that of of those episodes. Once more, a feeling is one that I've I've watched so many times that some of the novelty has worn off. I can still appreciate how good it is, and I still fucking love it. But um, I think I have more fun with Tabula Rasa just because I've watched it less. Yeah, you know what I mean. I get no, I get that. So um, yeah, I'm gonna say Tabula Rasa is my is my favorite um, season six episode, and then. I mean, yeah, while we're on the subject of it, Wrecked absolutely is my least favorite. It is the it is the worst of the 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 drug metaphor. It's where it's at its absolute most ham fisted. Um, what about you? Um I gotta go with what's worth feeling. Yeah. I yeah, mean it is yeah. it is by considered by many to be the best episode of Buffy. We talked about how it is if not the original musical episode, basically the one that all others try to emulate. Yeah. Um, and just like you, I go to watch it consist like I've rewatched it so many times, but like I don't normally rewatch episodes of Buffy. Mm-hmm. If I watch it, I want to do like a watch through. Right. But once more with feeling is one of those that is so easy for me to revisit. It's so rewatchable. It's not my favorite, but it's probably like my second favorite yeah. episode. And yeah, it's it's so good. And even if you're not watching it, you can listen to the soundtrack. Indeed. Like... Um, yeah, and obviously I agreed with you on. Oh, I want to give a want to give an honorable mention though yeah, to uh, Double Meat Palace, which I gave a four point five out of five. Double Meat. I I'm gonna argue for that episode forever. And I love the fact that, like, I know I mentioned our uh, how that was the episode that we that I picked for our first TomCon. Yeah, and uh, you love the fact that I picked it. Was it was such an off the wall choice, and that's exactly what I wanted. Because um, I, for listeners who who watched that panel, um, I when I was talking to Jason and Ben, I had a list of episodes that I said do not pick. From these episodes, um, and it, it it was like once more the feeling, um, the gift, the body uh, becoming it was all the heavy hitters, because as wonderful as they are, like what else is there to say? Yeah, um, I wanted us to pick less obvious choices, and Ben chose conversations with dead people, an excellent choice. I chose selfless, an excellent choice. Um, if I do say so myself. Yeah, but then Jason came in with a total curveball of Double Me Palace, and I was so fucking pleased. Because, like, selfless and conversations with dead people are amazing episodes, 
but I feel like they're they still fall into that category a bit of like safely popular. Double Meat Palace. Ooh, controversial. And you know, I don't know if like if I've done anything to move people's uh, meter on it, but I I still think that it's yeah. fantastic. I think it's it's a great display of the camp of the show mm-hmm. that you know is one of the reasons that we love it. And yeah, it, it was just a lot of fun, and also you know. Very relatable yeah. because you know the the struggling with a minimum wage job. I In mean, there. shit, that's what a lot of people can relate to. Um, and yeah, uh, my lowest episode is also wrecked. But as you already mentioned, that I'll pick one of my episodes that I rated two, probably older and far away. Mm-hmm. Um, because it was really funny when I was listen when I was listening to get the review from this. This is one that I had to listen to the end of to get what we the scores that we gave it, it was, uh, you said, yeah, if somebody came up to me and said they don't like Don, I'm like, well, why didn't you like Don? And they said older and far away, I'd say fair. <laughs> yeah. Um, cause you know, this is kind of the, Don actually is a surprisingly strong character in season six. Yeah. I came away from her a lot less negative this yeah. year than I remember. I, I, and I think we remember like the, the dumb stuff, mm-hmm. like the, the kleptomania. Yeah. The kleptomania, which I think is on full display in this episode. Yeah. And that might be why I dislike it so much. Um, even though it is, we do get like the little bit of Halfrick. Yeah. All right. And of course, Tara roasting Spike. Yes. Which is also. See, and that's that's what I love about Buffy. Even in episodes that we aren't very good, there's always nugget, like a great line or like a, a fun recurring gag to latch onto. All right, most of the time. We're going to move on to Angel season three. Yes. Okay. This one, I'm. I'm it's a little different. I was going to say this one. I'm having a harder time predicting. Okay. So, in Angel season three. Your average score mm-hmm. for all the episodes is 3.23. Okay. Um, so, a little oh, less uh-huh. than Buffy Season 6. Your highest ranked episode was only 1.5, Lullaby. and that was for Lullaby. Yeah. Your lowest ranked episode, you actually had two that you ranked one. Okay. Um, tell me. <laughs> that old gang of mine Ugh, yeah. and provider. Yeah. Yeah. Um I had an average rank of 3.05. Okay. Um so actually kind of like arguably significantly less than mm-hmm. um Buffy season not only Buffy season 6 but also your rankings for yeah. uh for season 3. Um, my highest was also Lullaby, which is ranked five, and my lowest is so far the only zero that we've given that either of us have given to any episode, and that is for Provider. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if maybe that zero was warranted or not. <laughs> um, but I mean, I must have been feeling it when the when we were doing the episode. I may have to re-listen to that because <laughs> uh, honestly, probably the more interesting episodes yeah. are the ones where we talk about the ones we don't like. Because um, I gave where the wild things are, which is my least favorite Buffy episode, a zero point five, mm-hmm. but that had Giles singing behind blue eyes. Yes, 
Um, that might have been what the point five was for. Uh, I seem to recall us. We, the, Anya had some really funny lines that we yeah. we enjoyed. But yeah, but yeah, they, I guess to me there were no redeeming qualities for mm-hmm. provider. And I think even in our Buffy hot takes, I had that as my that was your least favorite episode. That was your least favorite in the hot takes because we went in kind of with that like mindset of like, all right, we already know this is Jason's least favorite. Like, will that change? Sounds like it did not change. It didn't. <laughs> um, so yeah. So you want to talk about why Lullaby is your favorite episode? It's just <sighs> go back and listen to our Lullaby episode. Yeah. Um, no, it's just it's it it is the perfect resolution of the first arc of the season, which is Starla's pregnancy, um, and it ends on such a bittersweet and poignant note, um, and it leaves us with an. Uh, with a, an end of a character arc for a character like Darla, who, I you know, who who would have ever believed we could have gotten somewhere like this with someone like her? I mean, in season two, at the beginning when she was human, um, we we saw some of those shades of, of of those layers, and then of course that was all quite cruelly ripped away from her by Drusilla and Wolfram and Hart. Um, but to see her kind of get that back, um, even if it cost her her life, um, the idea that she's even somewhat redeemed, um, you know, I just, I just thought it was all so powerful. Um, and yeah, it's great. It's such a good episode. (laughs) And uh, did you want to talk about that old gang of mine or provider? Well, I'm going to give you provider. Okay. Um, but that old gang of mine is just real racist. Um, it is, yeah. And you kind of have to wonder, like, I got what it was going for, but like, yeah. Um, is it is it like that race, the racial issue that makes it as problematic as it is, or is it also just a very weak episode? I think, yes, okay. <laughs> I think it's both bad and yeah. racist. Like it's. <laughs> It's racist, which is bad, and it's also bad. Just which not. is racist. Like, <laughs> um, just out of curiosity, what score did I give Double or Nothing, which is our other guns and I was actually going to bring that up. Um, four. We both gave it four. Yes. Okay. It was a good episode. Yeah, yeah and we, we did remark it. on how, um, you know, the gun-centric episodes in the series so far have usually been miss. Yeah. Because you have a bunch of white writers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, Double or Nothing was a good episode that focused on Gunn. Um, it's not very often that he gets like the main spotlight. Um, he can get some spotlight, but it's usually... With Fred. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so um, for... Since you already talked about Lullaby, and I have nothing to add to it... Um, I'm gonna give like the uh, the honorable mention to the sleep tight forgiving mm-hmm. um, because one we two both punch. yeah one two punch we both gave those four point we gave both of those episodes four point five um, and yeah talk about like you said a perfect ending to uh, the first part of the season this is a perfect ending to the second part of the season yeah um, <laughs> only the third half the third arc could have oh uh, uh, yeah stuck uh, that but and as for provider uh, well. Let me say a couple more things about like why sleep tight and forgiving. <laughs> yeah, um, just the uh, I I remember when we were first getting through the post uh, lullaby episodes where Angel was like dealing with fatherhood. I had like 
I didn't like how Angel react was portrayed in the first episodes. I thought that he like came on way too strong with the mm-hmm. dad stuff, but I did like how it did make more sense as it went along. Yeah, and eventually, um, in particular, there was an episode. Uh, I think it was at the end of Couplet when uh, you know. I think that's when the the Gruselog came back. Um, yes, that's his first like full episode. He comes back at yeah. the end of Waiting in the Wings, right? Uh, but yeah, uh, Gru comes back and like you know, Angel, who because of Waiting in, during Waiting in the Wings thought that he was going to uh, maybe there was something with Cordelia, um, which we later found out that there was, mm-hmm. uh, but he. Um, the fact that, like, you know, he wanted Cordelia to be happy and reevaluates himself. And at the end of that episode, he's just holding on to Connor. And it's yeah. like, you know, this is what I have in my life and I'm happy with it. Mm-hmm. And you can see just, like, how important having Connor was. It was like a chance for something that he never thought he had a chance at. Yeah. And then to have that ripped away from him um, in a very cruel way uh, by... By uh, Holtz was just heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. It was like my most heartbreaking moment. Yeah, and uh, and then forgiving just all of them dealing with Wesley's betrayal mm-hmm. is, I mean, one two gut punch. Yeah. Like you said, provider. I mean, I'm pretty sure it's what it's what I said in the in the actual episode, but how. There were so many moving parts, and yet every single part was bad. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was... I don't know. Like I said, it might not be deserving of our only zero out of five on the show so far, but I'm actually going to trust past Jason on this <laughs> one. Um, so our biggest... Our biggest... Um, oh, good lord. Sorry. News <laughs> updates. Oh, God. So our biggest... Uh, discrepancy was for the episode birthday okay yeah which yeah, makes I do, sense i do recall us i i was a quite a bit higher than you, you gave were. it a four i gave it a 2.5 mm-hmm. um and that is the one with cordy's birthday birthday yeah. <laughs> and uh, how she sees what her life would be like um if she didn't have the visions and i thought it was a retread harrison you thought otherwise mm-hmm. Um, do you want to elaborate on that? Or? Um, of the wish, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, no, and I just I I, I get where you're coming from of, the, of it being a retread of the wish, and in many ways it is. That just I just didn't care. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> all right, just, all right. Cool. For me, that wasn't a negative, um, gotcha. but for you, it was, and that's right. that's totally fine. That's, all right, fair enough. <laughs> all right, um, but yeah, so that is our. Uh, Favorite and least favorites. Yeah, favorites and least favorites with all the with all the numbers in it. I like I like this because it's nice to have all of our ratings like right in front of us, so it's easier to think of what our favorite episode yeah. is. Well, I I mean, granted, when you're when you're with season six of Buffy, the it, the choices seem a little obvious. I I felt like I was gonna say wrecked, but I was also like maybe it's all the way. What did I give all the way or not all the way? Um, as you were. As you were, it was 2.5. Uh, 
We were both actually surprised at how much we enjoyed that on the rewatch. That's right. I'm remembering that now. Amazing how how my negative opinion can... All right. um, Well, uh, favorite... What, Harrison, was your favorite episode to record? So I'm going to do what I always do, because my favorites to record are always ones where we have guests. Yep. Um, They bring a fresh dynamic to the show. They... um, they often bring uh, really interesting insights that you and I wouldn't potentially have ourselves. Um, and this one is no exception. Um, and I do feel bad for stealing it from you because this was our only guest we had this it's season. A, no, no, it's cool. Um, but it was Waiting in the Wings with uh, with Aaron. Um, and in particular, the, um, the insights she brought to the dance world that we don't have. Um, And then even her own journey that she went on through the episode of um, being a bit critical of the actual dancing and of Summer Glau in particular as a a dancer um, until she actually got like the whole story behind the episode. And... um, her own kind of perspective on that reshaping was really cool to watch um, and and talk through. And um, also, you know, I always love an episode where we have a chance to get a little naughty because that episode's a little naughty. <laughs> um, Honestly, that episode's a lot of naughty. <laughs> naughty. So, yeah, I just, it was waiting in the wings. It was just so much fun. Um, and, and also, outside of, like, recording the episode... It's also a new way to engage with our friend um, and friends, uh, plural, and with past guests. Um, you know, Aaron and I are quite good friends and have been for uh, um, a decade now, um, more than that, actually. Um, and to be able to find this new way of engaging in our friendship via this podcast, um, I felt the same way with you when you first joined on um yeah it's really cool i love that one and uh just to, like add to that um i do love that uh when we asked aaron because i i think it was i think i was the one who suggested you to did. bring aaron on because of her knowledge of dance yeah. and i tasked you with with making that happen and, because i was dealing with other shit yeah in my life. <laughs> and, it, and it was it was very funny because when i asked her about this she did she did sound a little worried because um you know, she'd never done a podcast. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think she was a little nervous going in, like, oh, well, I'd be able to, like, you know, fit in with what we're doing here. She was a pro. Yeah. Like, it was... Nailed uh, it. Yeah. Um, praises that we've... Paget Brewster in season six of uh, <laughs> Community. Praises that we get from this, from our fans about this podcast is how, when we talk, it's two friends talking. Mm-hmm. And that comes across in the recording and in this case it was three friends talking and um Aaron not only had the insight about the dance but also insight about the, the what was actually going on in the episode as well yeah. and good insight and um she engaged with us a lot so yeah she nailed it and I don't know I guess if you ever fire me you've got your <laughs> you've got your person to take over <laughs> Um, my favorite episode to record, it's actually funny because we just mentioned it. Um, it was As You Were. Yeah. And I think it's because we both went into that episode 
Such negative Nancys. We, we were, because, I mean, and rightly so, because Riley's my least favorite Buffy mm. character. I don't know if he's yours as well. Um, uh, he's my least favorite main yeah. cast character. I have one particular recurring character who will be introduced in season seven, who is my yeah. particular nemesis. Yeah, we'll, we'll, get, to, <laughs> we'll get to her. Um, <laughs> but, uh, no, yeah, like, so, and... Also, when Riley left in Into the Wild in season five, we both were not fans of that episode either. That was my uh, least favorite. There you go. I I marked that as my least favorite one, that uh, episode. Also, Into the Woods. And so I think we were all, um, I think we were all, both of us were like, oh, this is going to suck. It's Mm -hmm. the Riley episode. But the fact that, I mean, granted, 2.5 2.5 out of 5, it's not, like, world-breaking, but we could have easily, like, the way that we were the way that we were going into it, we probably could have given it a 1 yeah. or less. But, uh, no, it was... I like that we were able to talk about just how genuinely surprised we were and how we were able to change our opinions. Because, like, Lord knows, we've, ha- we've seen this show enough that we have our opinions yeah. that are pro- that you know may seem like they're set in stone but you know we you look at it from a different perspective i mean i'm sure that i don't necessarily know if like your overall opinions have changed on certain things throughout the series but i feel that my opinions have changed mm-hmm. on some things because of the deep discussions that we have yeah that's actually my favorite part about doing this podcast, apart from getting to spend some time with you and talk about oh. shit. Uh, but I love when my view has changed mm-hmm. um, with a deep talk, with a deep dive. Yeah. And so... Or it, even if our view isn't changed, at least, you know, but Expanded. Yeah. Challenged, expanded. And honestly, the As You Were episode, like, that's... That's why I love doing this podcast, and that's to me, that's kind of what this podcast that's one of the big draws for me. Mm-hmm. So, the fact that As You Were of all episodes is one that like encapsulates all that makes me happy. Thanks. So, may not have been like a high ranked episode for us, it's like right middle of the road, but just the fact that we had like a realization and a revelation. All right. Last one, uh, big one, big award of the night. Uh, Is it an award? <laughs> <laughs> what are your? Uh, we're going to talk about our overall feelings for each season. Um, do you mind I, if we start with Angel season three? Let's do it. I was okay. going to say, well, why don't we do you Angel season three, me Angel season three, then Buffy, then Buffy. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Um, Angel season three is a little easier to talk about than Buffy season <laughs> yeah. six. Um, yeah, I, as we've mentioned in all of our reviews, uh, Angel season three start like is, is, is like a play in three acts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The first two acts are, um, has their highs and lows. Uh, but they, even though it like takes a big swing, like with Darla being pregnant with, of all things, a human child, mm-hmm. uh, it works, um, and it's it is culminated in the absolutely wonderful lullaby, um, arguably one of the best episodes of Angel ever made. Mm-hmm. And uh, then you have the 
tragedy of losing Connor in Sleep Time Forgiving. Um, and you see the growth of Angel uh, from, from like trying to protect Darla to then trying to like raise his son. He leans in, he, this is truly when I feel like the, the Angel Investigations team became a family, mm-hmm. uh, especially because Angel is able to lean on the others for support, especially Cordelia. His relationship with Cordelia, like we've t- we we mentioned in our hot takes about uh, how Harrison's afraid he would get like chased away with <laughs> how he would be tarred and feathered for uh, being a Cordy Angel shipper, but I think that. Everything that has preceded this season and everything in this season honestly gives credence to that. Mm-hmm. There's that is a that is a hype train that I think is worth getting on. I'm still I'm still all for Buffy and Angel, but I respect the mm-hmm. Buffy Cordy or the Buffy Cordy shipping. Hello, <laughs> um, the Angel Cordy shipping, and um, which makes it so disappointing about how the season ended. Yeah. Um, yeah what like benediction we both gave two um a new world we you gave a two i gave a 1.5 mm-hmm. um it's it just was not a great introduction for adult connor i was kind of wondering if time away from the series from having seen connor because the first time i watched the series connor was vincent carthrizer's connor was one of my least favorite parts about the show. Yeah. And I was kind of wondering if like time away from the series, seeing Vincent Carthrizer in a couple of other roles would make me feel differently. It hasn't. Yeah. It's only made my opinion more clear. Uh, and, and yeah, uh, the fact that especially in the later seasons uh, or in the later part of the season, Fred and Gunn who had opportunities to shine throughout um, were kind of just relegated to support mm-hmm. for quite a bit of that of those last few episodes. Yeah, and yeah, just the disappointing end to to Cordelia's arc. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not even taking into account what happens next. Yeah. So yeah, it's like, and we've already kind of given away the game that we aren't fans of season four. Yeah. <laughs> so. It is just really kind of sad to see very strong beginning and middle of the season kind of mm-hmm. flounder at the end. Yeah, um, I agree with everything you said, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna repeat all of that. Um, but I am just gonna throw in um, a couple positives. Um, I do love the um, relationship that has formed between Gunn and Fred. Yes. Um, I loved seeing uh, Lorne become a more central character, even if he hasn't quite hit main cast status yet. Um, And uh, Holtz and Justine were just underwhelming. Um, Justine is... it's, It's just very clear to me that Justine is just Kate with a new you know, a new coat of paint on her. And despite the fact that he has a really sympathetic backstory, um, you know, Holtz should be a villain 
that we at least can sympathize with. It's just the character's so one note, so wooden, that I'm just like, I don't care that your family died, man. Like, I wish Angel could kill him again. Like, damn, <laughs> I know, son. but that's, um, and, and unfortunately that is going to be a problem, that is part of the problem with Connor too, is that like, on paper, very sympathetic. In actuality, ugh, what a slog. Um, so yeah, those are my, 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 my additions to your thoughts on, uh, on season, um, season three of Angel. Okay. I think you should talk about Buffy season six now, since, okay. um, and I'll like add on to that because, as as is seen in our, <laughs> as is seen in our ratings, we're pretty pretty lockstep together yeah. on that. Um, the idea of season six is really remarkably interesting. You know, what if we replaced, you know, supernatural miseries as metaphor to real life misery um and i and i understand why that can be difficult for people um um and i do think it's successful in a lot of ways i think buffy's struggle with depression and grief and suicidal ideation and um you know all of that is is so well rooted in not only the trauma of being ripped out of heaven but also all the traumas that came before. Um, so that journey over the course of the season is immensely satisfying. Um, from you know, you, you know, we were complaining about the symbolism of Angel and Cordy ascending and descending being so on the nose, and yet the the imagery of Buffy, you know, bookending the season by crawling out of a grave in wildly different contexts being really rewarding. And um, I, I do think that just goes to show, you know, if Buffy's arc had been shit this season, I think we would have been having the same complaint about her crawling out of the grave. It's so on the nose. But when the arc works, you can be a little on the nose. Um, you've earned it. Um, Willow's arc, um, ultimately, I think, good, but... Um, really, really brought down by the drug stuff. Um, I do, I really do think that this, the corruption that Willow undergoes needed to be more about her and her own, her being a bad influence on herself and not the magics doing it to her. Um, you know, I, it, it would be much more interesting to me, this storyline, if Willow went dark because of her own arrogance and her own, um, you know, her own rage. And, and all of that's there. All of that is. But the magic drugs driving her there is a step too far. And it's really ham-fisted. And it undercuts the, the, that journey for me. Um, you know... We, we've discussed that Anya and Xander get really relegated to the background, especially in the first, I'd say, two-thirds of the season. Um, the back half after Hell's Bells definitely sees them given more to do, um, in particular Xander, obviously. Um, but Anya, even in the last couple episodes, she gets a, some great moments to shine um, from Entropy onward. And then I 
the trio is I think they're fascinating um, as as a as a concept for villains, and um, Warren in particular being um, just this misogynistic piece of shit. It's such a different kind of villain for this show. Um, and it, and it, it's a little weird at the beginning where you're going, what the fuck, why? Um, but they serve a very clear purpose in the arc of the season and in the themes of the season. So I definitely, you know, I season six falls like dead in the middle for me of the show. I would I rank seasons one, four, and seven below it but two, three, and five above it. Um, I think it, if the Willow storyline had been handled with a little more care, um, it could be the best season of the show. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I, it feels raw now. I, I, I agree with a lot of that. Um, uh, fresh stuff in my head. Um, the trio. Uh, I, I think um, the comedic aspect of them uh shined in life serial uh-huh uh very interesting a very e- even if like you know we both gave a 2.5 um it's still like a very interesting take um i think their overall depiction i don't like it just because you know it's like that a lot sometimes their uh their nerdy references just seem like oh yeah this is what nerds do right yeah and even if it is, it's not nice. <laughs> but, I mean, that is, like, early 2000s depictions of nerds. Yeah. I mean, that, that's just what it is. Uh, but I do like that um, kind of their turning point was dead things. Mm-hmm. And yes. uh, that's when we really kind of see their true natures. Warren just being the absolute worst. Jonathan realizing he's in too deep. And Andrew just... Blinded being, by Warren. Blinded by Warren, being in love with Warren. Dude. <laughs> Come on, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, Andrew's so real for that. <laughs> Every gay has fallen for their most toxic straight male friend. <laughs> um, yeah, I. Uh, this was such a big risk to take. Mm-hmm. This whole season was because it didn't really follow the same format that we're used to in the other seasons. That may that we argue that that's what makes Buffy like that kind of structure is what makes Buffy great. Yeah, um, that's one of the best things to come out of Buffy is the way of telling serialized television yeah. stories. Um, but uh, I think I think this season is more successful than people remember. I think um, a lot of people were just a little thrown by how different it was when it mm-hmm. first aired, and it probably does better on a rewatch. Um, one thing that you didn't bring up and we should talk about is the Buffy Spike relationship. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Um, course. and, uh, I think, so there are people who ship Buffy and Spike. This season gives you every reason to not do <laughs> yeah. that. Um, and even disregarding for the moment, the events of seeing Red. We look at their relationship as it. At first, you think, oh, the one person that Buffy feels that she can confide in is Spike. You think that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but you realize that 
I mean, on the surface, many people might be like, oh, Spike is so toxic for Buffy. It's toxic both ways. It is. And some people might be like, oh, if they're toxic together, that makes a good relationship. <laughs> no, it doesn't. If you Just because you are both bad for each other does not make it a good it thing. It doesn't cancel it out. It doesn't. It just makes it worse. Um, it's like the it's like the anti Nick Offerman Megan Mullally, <laughs> but uh, yeah that that relationship and I'm glad until seeing Red it went the way that it did mm-hmm. because it's, a, it's it's hard to watch but I do think it is a good story and it is a good arc for both characters I'd say it's a better arc for Buffy mm-hmm. yes um, because the effects of this on Buffy. I feel are seen in the later episodes of the season, yeah, and lead to her making better decisions. For Spike, um, as much as we love the last three episodes of season six with the Dark Willow arc, it seems like the immediate after effect of seeing Red is this. Mm-hmm. trial that he's going through to get his soul back and it's we'll leave seasons we'll leave it up to season seven on whether him having his soul is a successful storyline or not but it's not off to a great start because it was so it, it was a it was a footnote in what was going on in the episodes and just almost completely forgettable yeah. it was meant to be a, a red herring and it's it, it doesn't. I don't. I honestly don't remember how I felt about it when I first watched it, but it just does not play well on a rewatch. Yeah, that is the one thing that does not play well on a rewatch. With it this, it doesn't. It really um, doesn't. Yeah, and this uh, this season does have some low moments, but it also has you know, arguably the best one-two punch that isn't a part one and part two in mm-hmm. Once More with Feeling and Tabula Raza. Yeah. Um, both are five out of fives for us. Um, as Double Meat Palace, give that one more mention. Yeah. Um, I think it has the strongest opening of any season of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like I, I I I mentioned this before, but I feel like premieres are not the show's strength. Um, not that the series premieres are necessarily bad, but. Um, Whedon, in particular, is really, really good at crafting um, an ending. Um, and but but this bargaining, in particular, part one, is a really strong start. Also, season seven has a really strong first episode. I agree, um, and uh, and yeah, I just uh, oh god, what was it that I was gonna say? Um, it felt like it was important. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, oh yeah, the ending of um, the ending of two to go, that uh, the ending of oh, that episode yes. might be the best episode ending of Buffy. Oh. like it was just Giles showing up, um, which is such a surprise. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like I don't know if I was expecting that to happen. Um, because there was no indication that it was going to happen. No. Like some things are telegraphed, even in this show. That was not telegraphed. Like that was that's just such a nice surprise for people who don't know that it's going to happen. 
And what a like what a badass way for him to yeah. come back. Well, it help what what really helps that is yes, there's no indication that there's no discussion of like no one's going, I called Giles to tell him what's going on. There's nothing like that. He's not mentioned at all. Um the and the way Tabula Rasa is written and how it ends, it's very easy to watch the end of that episode and go yeah, that's the last time we're going to see Giles this season, especially Maybe because ever, especially because he's not in the he's not in the opening credits anymore. Yeah, so um, it's a fucking badass uh, entrance, and and it just in some ways it does also make me like puts me like comforts me a bit where I'm like, oh, good. Giles is here. <laughs> he can sort all this out. <laughs> yeah, I, I do love. I, I do love that feeling of security. Uh, <laughs> Dad's home. Oh, oh good. <laughs> or as or as Darkwell said, Daddy's home. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, overall, season six. Um, I I felt like it tackled some of the some of the hardest issues that the show's ever tackled before, mm-hmm. um, and it did in a way that the show's never done before. It was adventurous. Um, it succeeded on some things, maybe not on some others. Uh, and I really like how this is the first time that the the Scooby gang has really felt like they are becoming adults. Mm-hmm. Um, granted, they're almost being forced into it yeah. and dragged into it. But I think it's... I, I definitely have a higher opinion of it now than I did um, after my initial watch of season yeah. six. All right, let's get out of here. We'll put this to bed. Yeah, let's go get some chilies. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for joining us on Booze and Buffy. We will be back for, to our regular coverage uh, in a few weeks. We'll take a little break, re- 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 regroup uh, as we dive into Buffy season seven, aka the final season. Oh my gosh, we're there! And Angel season four. Oh no. Bad one. oh no, we're there. <laughs> I'm Jason. You can find me on Instagram at yamij357. And I'm Harrison. You can find me on Instagram at Harrison Alexander Kaufman or on Twitter at Harrison Kaufman, C O F F M A N. And you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Booze and Buffy, or you can email us at boozeandbuffy at gmail.com. The and is spelled out in all of those instances. And don't forget to subscribe and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, as always, go slay. And be gay. Toodles. Bye.